in honor of the great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., whose birthday is coming up in just a few days, I have the author of Kingmaker joining me today. This is a fantastic talk about all things leadership. So stay with me. Let's get into it. And you'll learn how you can apply these skills to your life too. You're listening to Living a Limitless Life podcast. I'm your host, Sharon Hughes, and on this show, we cover mastering your mindset, growing your faith, and becoming the leader you want to be. Every week, I bring you a candid conversation with a world-class thought leader, change maker, and hope dealer. They work in every arena, from the boardroom to politics to religion. This is the show where you need to be to get where you want to go. I'm really glad you're here. Come on. Let's do this. Dale Carnegie of Orange County is proud to sponsor Living a Limitless Life. Dale Carnegie is a global training company focused on leadership presentation, team engagement, customer service, and sales. We help people take command of their work in order to change their lives. Joining me on the show again is my good friend, Goody Goodlow, author of Kingmaker. He has written an amazing book going deep into the work of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Welcome back to the show, Goody. Good to see you again, hear you again, Sharon. How are you today? Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year. I am excited to have you back. You are so inspiring. And I just want to jump into the content of this amazing book, so I'm going to let you do a lot of the steering today. And we did talk before we hit record of a couple of key points that we want to make, being that it's the new year and a lot of people have dreams and aspirations. And they know the great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. because of his speech, I have a dream. But you say there's so many more layers to him. So explain to us how we can unpack some of the principles that you wrote about in your book and apply it to our own lives. Oh, again, thank you so much. It's an honor to be with you again and happy uh, new year to all of your uh, subscribers as well. And uh, I think, you know, obviously you know me and I've, I've been a King student now scholar for practically all of my life. And certainly in the last 10 or 12 years, uh, formally studying his life and, learning all I can. I'm still learning so much. Um, there's so much to talk about, so much to say about Dr. King, but suffice to say for our conversation, I think I had mentioned to you at the os- onset of our engagement initially that we typically don't know all there is to know about Dr. King. In fact, we're still learning things, information. Just mm-hmm. recently, uh, David Suskin, a former broadcast and interviewer, uh, award-winning interviewer, a never seen before interview came out, uh, was released on Amazon Prime of Dr. King, an hour and 45 plus minute interview with David Susskind in 1963, just he and Dr. King on a set, uh, just, just engaging on the substantive issues. But anyway, to answer your question, there's a great quote by Langston Hughes. He says, what happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun or fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat or crust and sugar over, like syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load. Or does it explode 
Langston Hughes. Dr. Dream, Dr. King was a dreamer and mm -hmm. his dream exploded on the conscience of the nation. Mm -hmm. And so as we celebrate his life, his leadership, his legacy, uh, actually January 15th is his birthday. We honor him January 20th of 2020. I know I'll see you at an event we're having here in Redondo Beach. We can talk more about that. But yes. as we consider his life, leadership, and legacy, Dr. King was more than just a person who had an idea. Uh, he had a dream, and that dream was fueled by passion. And that, that simply was to see a better America, uh, to see America where people would indeed be judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content mm -hmm. of their character. Right. And for us, it's not just something which he held, which he believed in. In fact, I think one of the substantive impacts about a person's dream is how inclusive is it? Mm -hmm. In other words, if your dream can be accomplished on your own, can lift you up, but not others, you're dreaming too small. Mm, that's good. Dr. King's dream elevated it 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 for it, it it had this sort of forecast this idea this bold uh idea that everyone in america uh in this world was created by god by god who loves them who values them and regardless of their color regardless of their background regardless of their whatever that they should be respected with dignity and honor and value mm -hmm. and things like justice and 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 peace and, and advocacy for doing what's right and for being supportive of those who had been taken advantage of and wrongly uh, and, and, and unfortunately adversely impacted by some of the laws in our nation. That was part of this dream, what everybody could partake in. And so for us, it's not just that we're looking back at King's life, and we're also looking back at the unfinished work that for which that dream spoke of so clearly, not just on August 28th of 1963 in the March on Washington, but throughout his life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's just so beautiful. You know, when you just said justice, peace, advocacy, and doing what's right, I just felt something within me that said, where are we as a culture? Like, yeah. we, we all know that there's a, there's a lot of people that are pursuing that, pursuing the justice piece and doing what's right. But there's so many that are not. Yeah, I think one of the challenges for any leader, and I know you, you, you know this, there are so many people you've get, you're getting a chance to engaging on substantive conversations around aspects of leadership, mindset, et cetera. But taking the temperature of where we are, where even individuals who are maybe on the peripheral, who are not engaged in that, the best way I the best way I, I see things now is indeed we have more people who have potential and the capacity to to be and become more, but regrettably uh, who are not who are not utilizing such who are not advancing in such ways. I the best metaphor for me I'm an athlete former athlete and um, if you can imagine there are players on a bench in a basketball game or even a football game and. All of them have skills and abilities and gifts and talents. But then you looked down as a coach down there and there's players on the bench. And, and, and as a leader, you're thinking, uh, who should I put in the game? But you know what? If you're really someone who wants to contribute, who, 
people who feels like your gifts, your talents can make an impact and a difference in terms of what's happening on the field, on the court, you're chomping at the bit mm -hmm. to get in the game. Mm -hmm. It's not that I'm waiting on someone to choose me. In fact, mm -hmm. I am doing everything I can to put myself in a position to be an impact player, quote, quote, for the game of life, for making a difference. And so my hope is for 2020, even as we close out this year, but certainly for 2020, that more people will realize that they have something to contribute. You know, there's over seven, almost seven plus billion people in the world. Uh, there's 320 plus million people in the United States. There's 40 million people in the state of California where you and I reside. Yet no one who has lived, who is living, or who will ever live has the same fingerprint as you, Sharon, or me. We're the mm -hmm. only, you're the only you. I'm the only me. And so I'm a person of faith. I know you are too. If, if our creator goes through that much specificity in creating us, could it be that he has something for us to do? And I thought, I think part of that doing is getting in the game, mm -hmm. bringing all of our talents and gifts to bear to contribute collectively to what I call uh, this sort of a global humanities production mm -hmm. for good, for justice, for dignity, for wellness, for mindfulness, for spirituality, for growth, and for development. And uh, so my, my, my Macedonia call to all, everyone for 2020 is get in the game. Mm -hmm. uh, take risks, dream, and make sure those dreams are inclusive of others. Look to your left and to your right. Who can I bring along with me uh, to advance messages of faith, hope, and love? That's what you do with your subscribers, with your listeners, that what you, that's what you do in your sphere of influence. Uh, I know you do that well. And so my hope is that people will follow suit. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for acknowledging me in that way. I don't want to focus on me. I want to, <laughs> I want to turn this right back to, you just said something and I'm writing notes as fast as I can. Don't wait to be chosen. Get yeah, in the game. Get in the game. And I love how you brought that home about the uniqueness. So, you know, when people are not getting in the game, when they're sitting on the bench, so to speak, do you think that, well, I think, I'll just back it up a little bit. I think that there's a number of reasons people do that they're not chomping to get in the game. Sometimes it's a, it's a self-worth issue. It's a self-confidence issue, different sure. things like that. But what do you see could help encourage them to start taking steps? Because I'm a strong believer in personal development as you are. Sure. And, and there's a lot of people that are stuck, that are stuck. They're just not getting in the game. Sure, sure. No, I think that's an important question. I think you're right on. That's one of the reasons why. You know, the, the truth, the honest truth is we fear rejection. Mm-hmm. We fear letting people down, but the bold truth equal to those things is we fear being successful. Mm. What, if, what if we're asked to be in the game and, and, and we're asked to lead, we're asked to influence, we're asked for our opinion, we're asked to prepare to report, we're asked to lead an advisory team, to come up with a marketing plan, to establish the new podcast, to, to venture out. And so we look and we say, oh, wow, the very thing that I dreamt about, that I hoped for, that I had aspirations about, oh, man, it's really happening. And so I think sometimes we're fearful of not only failure, Sharon, I think we're fearful of success. Mm -hmm. 
I because, agree. You know, because then you know, wow, I I I got I got to prepare. I I got to be ready. I have to study. It's all of those things, and then I I have to continue to produce. And so I I think that's one of the challenges for me. I tell leaders oftentimes there are a couple of ways where you we always know if you're advancing in the right direction. One, when you think about it in terms of your gifts and your talents, um, one. Um, your gifts and talents will always make room for you. This is a parable taken from the ancients, the scriptures. But in other words, you will never be in a position or place to do or to become something you're not gifted for. And so I, when, I, when I think of gifts and talents that, that I have or that you have, speaking for me specifically, I am asked to do things. I'm asked to be in places. I am, I am asked to be... Uh, present in places that are consistent with my gifts. I just think that's just, I just think that's how things are, how God created us. And so one, am I in a position in a place consistent with my gifts and talents? And if I'm not, a lot of the times we're frustrated because we're doing things and we're in conversations, we're in arenas that are not consistent with our gifts and talents. Yes. You know, so that's one. Two, the outcome of what we're doing always is consistent. In other words, it's a confirmation with our gifts and talents. So watch this. As a speaker, as an adjunct professor, as an author, uh, as even a, a chaplain, a pastor, I know you wear the hat of, of several of these things like I do. Um, what are the outcomes of what I've been asked to do? Are they productive? Are they fruitful? Tangible results that are by all measurements successful? Because I think part of the challenge for us getting in the game and, and, and you know, the fear and then the confidence is, man, I want to be successful at what I'm doing. And so sometimes if we look and take a measurement, sometimes we have to ask us have the honest conversation is perhaps I'm doing something, I'm in a role or position, and there's no productivity. We're not talking about, you know, pushing through, having patience, long-term game plan. I'm not talking about that. But sometimes the truth of the matter is, we're just out of position. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, there is no fruit. There is mm -hmm. no success. So one, uh, you know, consistent with my gifts and talents, I'm in a position. Two, what, is the, what are the outcomes? Here's another one. Affirmation. It, you're, you're, it, it's, it never amazes me, and I know this has been the case for you, and this is, and hear me now, this is uh, as best I could say it is in all humility. I'm never surprised yet I'm often surprised by how many times people tell me when I'm doing things in positions consistent with my gifts and talents how many people affirm that mm -hmm. does that make sense in other words yeah. in other words um I don't think you should live for people's affirmation but I think the affirming of others matters mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I I think when people look at you and say you know Sharon man, you 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 are a gifted writer you know, and your amazing book that you that you put out just a few months. Sharon, you're an amazing interviewer. Uh, and I think for from a leadership standpoint, even from mindset, mindset standpoint, from gifts and talents, as we think about these things, I think it should matter the impact we're having on others because sometimes we take assessment of stock of ourselves, but also it's important that we have people we trust and value who will tell us mm -hmm. the honest to God truth. Mm -hmm. And to affirm, maybe course correct, redirect, 
in terms of the direction we're going consistent with our gifts and talents. So I think affirmation matters. Results matter. Are we being fruitful and productive? I think all those things matter. You know, there, when I go and, and I know you've been with me, I've been with you as well. You've been, we've been with me in several, several of these leadership uh, conversations we've had with high level leaders, different leaders in different arenas. Um, when I speak to those organizations, I know this is the case for you. I expect impact to happen mm -hmm. by God's grace. I, I'm looking for a seismic shift in culture, in clarity and understanding, not just in information, but in transformation. And so if I go into a business, if I go into a university setting, if I go into an athletic setting, if I am being a, a consultant on a, uh, on a critical project related to the success of an organization, I expect for what I am bringing to the table to have an impact on that entity, not because of necessarily, you know, uh, you know, in a braggadocious way, but just consistent with the gifts and talents that I have, I'm doing something I know of, that I was created to do mm -hmm. that would have an indelible impact on this organization or this groups of people. Oh, that's so good. Oh my goodness. Okay. Where to start? The affirmation piece, I think so often people are not aware of how good they are at something until they start hearing it from somebody else. That's right. Exactly yeah. right. And then there's a, and, and it can be even a case of, I want to say mistaken humility. Some people, they want to be so humble that they won't accept the fact that they're good at something. Yeah, sure. You know, that false humility can be, mm -hmm. can be a, an Achilles heel. And mm -hmm. I think the moment we're comfortable, uh, you know, comfortable with who we are and who we are becoming, I think we're better for it. Mm -hmm. So you talked about fear, fear of rejection, fear of letting others down, even fear of success. I've noticed in my own work and with the work I've done with my clients that there is this place where we don't know who we are if we're not that thing that keeps us stuck. That right. thing that keeps us stuck has become our identity. And that is the layer that you have to release so that you can move forward. That's right. That's right. I mean, I just think that's so critical. I have nothing to add to that other than to say, you're absolutely right. And that's, that's yeah, that, that's it. Well, I got thank nothing. You, my friend. I got nothing on that. <laughs> I, I, I paid him a little bit ahead of time. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh my gosh. What would, what would the King say about the power of risks? Oh yeah. So in Kingmaker, my book Kingmaker, we talk about these principles or these powers or what I describe also as points of influence. Mm -hmm. And there are several and the power of risk. You know, when you look at Dr. King's life, you know, we celebrate his birthday again, January 15th through 2020, formerly as a holiday on the 20th of January. When you look at his life, there are several words that come to mind. Matters like justice, drum major for justice advocacy, mm -hmm. an intellectual, uh, you know, Dr. King was a very, very astute man, learned man, person of faith, mm -hmm. risk taker. Yes, he was. 27 years old. Oh my goodness. He risked so much. Uh, the comforts of a successful career in academia, lecture, writing circuit, 
Uh, and there's nothing wrong with those things, but to look into the context in which he was living there in Montgomery and hear the clarion call from his creator and from people around him, people who affirmed him in that moment and saying, mm -hmm. we believe you are the person to lead this boycott of the Montgomery uh, transportation uh, system, bus system here. Uh, that was a risk, mm -hmm. risking not only his career, but even we would later know uh, his life, uh, risking the safety and welfare of his family. Of course, we know his, his home was bombed. We know he had death threats. We know of these things. And so sometimes, uh, for most of us, the risks we take will never rise to such levels, Sharon. Where we're, true. We're bodily, physically uh, in danger of being harmed. However... Right. I think risks are a part of our lives. It's part of the human story. It's part of the American story. It's part of the human story. It's part of our, it's part of, of who we are, who we're designed. And I think the power of risk says so much about who we are, but also about who we can become. And when we look at Dr. King's life, uh, we look at a man who, uh, he tells a parable that's taken from the ancients, from the scriptures. And he talks, it's a parable known as the Good Samaritan. And mm -hmm. he says, uh, there was a man who fell victim to being robbed on the Jericho Road. Mm -hmm. And several people came around and saw this person who was broken, beaten, had been robbed. A priest came along, a Levite came along. And both of those men, when they looked at that condition of that individual said, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? Mm -hmm. Because the Jericho Road was a winding road. In fact, mm -hmm. I'm going to Israel in about 30 days. I'm wow. taking a delegation of 113 people to Israel with Pastor Todd Salzwedel and Alice Salzwedel from Texas. We got four states represented, 113 people going. But in other words, the Jericho Road was a winding road. It's known as a place where, where people would prey on the vulnerable. Mm -hmm. But there was a third person that came along the Samaritan, the good mm -hmm. Samaritan. And he reversed the question, King says. He said, if I do not stop to help this man, what will happen to him? Mm. Most of us hang out where we're focused on ourselves. If I stop to help this individual, what will happen to me? Take that proverbially, take that metaphorically speaking in any direction. But really the true question is, if I do not stop to help this person, what will happen to them? And so when you think about risk, risk is another colleague, former friend of mine said, uh, former colleague rather said, uh, fear is not the, uh, uh, or, or courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is the absence of self. So taking risk is not about being fearless. It's about being uh, selfless. It's saying, I want to put myself in a position to leave a legacy, to have an impact, to cause a seismic shift in the conscience mm -hmm. of my department, of my organization, in my family, in my nation, in my mm -hmm. community, in my world. Mm -hmm. And I'm willing to put some skin in the game, some, yes. some things on the line. And so I'm willing to speak up, to raise my hand, to say I don't know, or to learn, or to engage, or to reconsider. All of that is part of risk. I'm willing to put my money mm -hmm. in this. I'm willing to put my time in this. Even if there's no guarantee of return, the risk says, 
the possibility that this could make a difference is worth the risk. The possibility that the tide can turn, the possibility that this wrong can be righted, it's worth the risk. Mm. That's and so Dr. King did said. that. Dr. King did that. Thank you. So, so beautifully said. Yeah. Okay. So we're recording this on New Year's Eve and, and I think I'm just going to listen to this over and over <laughs> <laughs> so that I can set my goals for 2020. I, they need reset after listening to this. I like what you said. Um, what will happen to him? And Goody, because I know you, I know that you walk this talk because I have been in behind closed door meetings with you with people that are leading cities. That's kind of a big deal. But the one thing that I want the listeners to know, if they have not listened to the first episode that you came on, which is episode 21, I'll have that linked below in the show notes, is that you care so much about people and the community and you have friends in high places in law enforcement. You sit on a community, a community relations board. And I think that's because you said, if you didn't, what would happen? Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's been a, you know, it's, it's been an amazing journey and you've met some of these people. We've had some of these conversations, but, uh, I was just looking down at my notes uh, here and uh, just saw one of the people who um, I'm just indebted to, uh, Chief uh, Keith Kaufman, our police chief here in Redondo, both he and his two captains, John Naylor, good friends, and and uh, Joe Hoffman, and then just the entire Redondo Police Department. They've been so kind to me and so encouraging. Uh, to It's been such an, a, a blessing to work with them. I serve as a chaplain but I also have been doing leadership consulting and advising for them in various capacities and, and uh, several other municipalities as well. I know you know that, but particularly for Redondo Beach is a special place in my heart for them. And mm -hmm. um, I will be partnering with them uh, on January 20th. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you there and a shameless plug here on January 20th, never before in the history of our city. And to my knowledge, no other South Bay city is doing this. We are having the first ever Martin Luther King Jr. celebration where we're honoring the life, legacy, and leadership of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. There will be a special unveiling mm. uh, tribute to honor him. Uh, it's going to blow your mind. It's going to blow the minds of people away. We have singers. We have a full jazz band. We have young people on program from our high school here. I'll be sharing briefly. My good friends who are my pastors will be sharing. Pastors Israel and Rachel Campbell from Wave Church will be sharing. Our, our chief of police will be there. We're expecting many people from the community to come out and, and to be present. Uh, but yeah, part of it is it comes out of a relationship. This is not just a one-off. But man, we've been journeying now as part of that community engagement board for three years. And the whole purpose of that board is to foster relationships. Mm -hmm. Dr. King said, we fear each other because we don't know each other. Mm -hmm. We don't know each other because we don't spend time with each other. A lot of the sort of explosive issues that come out in our society today around law enforcement and people of color, even as we saw 60 plus years ago with Dr. King, Remember now, when you look at a lot of that footage and those images, a lot of times, unfortunately, there are local law enforcement officers enforcing those unjust laws. And so mm -hmm. it's very painful to look back on some of those images. But, you know, the beauty of today is and we're not where we should be. 
We still have our challenges. But when you look at a department like like uh, Redondo Beach that I've got a chance to work with, we're, we're, we're making significant progress. And the whole point in our community engagement board is to make sure that un, in the unlikely event that an issue happens in our community, uh, whether a questionable shooting or arrest or a, a riot or upbringing, uh, uh, you know, anything that happens that's out of the ordinary uprising, anything that happens, that we will both give each other the benefit of the doubt mm -hmm. as community residents and as people in law enforcement, that why? Because we know each other, because we spend time with each other. I mean, just yesterday I had lunch with, with Captain John Naylor. He's not just a friend, he's a dear friend. He's a member of my church. Mm -hmm. I baptized his daughters, mm -hmm. Reagan and Kate. We're praying for Kate. This is all public knowledge. Kate, who is battling cancer now, we're just uh, surrounding ourselves with her with love. But uh, Kaufman and, and his wife, Holly, and, and Joe and his family, these are people I know intimately. Mm -hmm. And so we get around some of these issues and we discuss them. We, we push back and we question, but also, too, we're building relationships. Why? Because we're fortifying ourselves, not just for the good times, but even for the times of great challenge that may come in the future. We'll sit across from a table and we're asked the tough questions and or we're hear the responses and we're able to say, you know what? I know you and I know that you have the best interest at the uh, at heart for the people of the city. And therefore we're going to work through this together. Dr. King, he was looking for partners. He was looking for this, mm -hmm. what he called a coalition of conscience. He believed that it could not be left just to black people to use a historic term, Negroes to alleviate themselves of this pain and suffering. He looked to the left and to the right. And he believed that there were people of goodwill, white, Black, Hispanic, you name it, across our country who were willing to come to the table, who were willing to roll their sleeves up to be about the business of doing good, of seeking justice, loving mercy, and to walk humbly with our creator. Uh, King believed in that. And so I am, in the spirit of King, continuously looking for those partners, whether in law enforcement or in business, in athletics or entertainment, in education. Mm -hmm. uh, in leadership consulting, in the arts, we're looking for those members of the coalition of conscience who says, you know what? It's good to do good. It's good to be about advocacy and justice, to give voice to the voiceless, uh, to provide light in dark places, to help make crooked places straight, the rough places plain, and to proclaim favor and goodness to all. I think it's good to be a part of that. Wow, that's just so beautifully said. You know, I've often looked at what goes on in our communities and and I lived in the Redondo Beach area when back in the early What? what? In the yep, in <laughs> back when we had the riots. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. And I wow. and I remember just, you know, being fearful of course. But now as I'm older, a little wiser, as a parent, and I'm looking at what's going on out there, I kind of scratch my head and I think, I don't understand this. We all bleed red. So this is a point that I really want to make to the people that are listening. Regardless of what you believe about anything, about any of what we've discussed here, 
Could you just imagine for one moment, whether you have been on the giving end of this judgment or the receiving end of judgment, could you just imagine for just a moment what it would be like if that stopped? So just hold, hold that thought just for a moment. What would it personally be like for you or your children right here, right now, if this stopped? Because what we're dealing with is mindset issues. Some of these beliefs that we've believed for generations, they're just passed on. And we got to stop and go, this is something that my, my parents or my grandparents taught me. And I don't even know why I'm believing this anymore. I don't know why I'm judging somebody because they look different than me. Mm-hmm. How could that completely change the world in an instant if yeah. we all did that? Yeah, it's good. That's good. Love it. Love it's it. It's deep. It's deep stuff. Taking it to the next level in 2020. I love it. It's awesome. It's awesome. So what are you working on now, Goody? What's coming down the pipe for you? You've got, you're a busy man with. No, it's it's just, I mean, you know, 2019 has been great challenge, but also great triumph. And we're just so excited about 2020, getting a chance to partner with you, obviously, for at the outset of this year is, has just been uh, great. And uh, there are a couple things we're going to be doing early on. I will again, see you. January 20th, I want want to ask and encourage anyone who is in the South Bay area, LA area, or otherwise, come and join us on the the 20th of January, 2020 at 5 o'clock p.m. at the Redondo Beach Civic Center. We'll be celebrating the life, leadership, and legacy of Dr. King. We're kicking off with that. And five days later, I'm on a plane traveling to Israel. Mm. We're taking a group, uh, co-leading a group with my dear friends, Todd and Alice Salswell from Odessa, Texas. We're taking about 113, 14 people with us to Israel. We'll be there for 10 days. I come back and then we have uh, some trips out scheduled to Dallas and to Green Bay, going to Dallas uh, to do a a workshop uh, clinic clinic with a group of uh, athletic coaches and all of the athletic department staff. Uh, one of my dear alma maters, a school I went to school, a place where I went to school and actually earned my PhD from Dallas Baptist University. I'll be teaming up with uh, Connor Smith, who's the AD there. We'll be doing a big uh, clinical piece with uh, his staff. And I'm, I'm so honored to be a part of that university as an adjunct professor. Shout out to my good friend, Dr. Adam Wright, our president. From there, we're going to Green Bay. This is something uh, you've seen and uh, you've met some folks who've been a part of this. Uh, You're welcome to come with us. We're going to Green Bay for the first ever Power Conference North. Wow. So you're familiar with the Power Conference. We did it. We've been doing it the last few years in Denver. This is four years running where these are the top athletic coaches strength and conditioning coaches of their in in all fields football basketball baseball these are the top they train the world's greatest athletes so imagine uh you know the 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 trainers who train think of the best athletes and then think about the people who train them so this organization uh, this conference is called the power conference put on by zach woodfin and tony lamando my good friends uh, both of them are strength and conditioning coaches uh they thought, hey, there's got to be something more that we prepare people for just physically. And part of the power conference, this is for you, uh, Sharon, listen, 
part of the power conference is they're dealing with aspects related to mindset and mm. character. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the catchphrases of the conference is, what is your why? Yes. What is your why? In other words, if you're spending all this time working on your physical, I mean, what I eat, what I drink, what, how I'm lifting, what's my conditioning, what's my work, mm -hmm. but you give no consideration to the mind, mm -hmm. aspects of character and heart, mm -hmm. what is my why? Think about mm. it. Coaches, uh, strength and conditioning coaches spend more time with these athletes than any other coach. They're with them practically year round. And so mm -hmm. what the Power Conference is about is about, yep, we focus on some of the latest technology and, and, and ways of teaching fitness and, and conditioning, but people like me who are not skilled in that area, they bring people like me in to have the conversation around aspects related to the mind and aspects of character. It's influence, of course, and aspects related to faith, but it's called the Power Conference. This is the North edition of it. It's going to be in Green Bay. You can find out more information about that on my, uh, on my website at goodygoodlow.com or thepowerconference.info. Uh, it's going to be great. So those are a couple of things I got coming up. And lastly, real quickly, Kingmaker yes, King is Maker. coming out in hardback edition. There's an oh, anniversary. Nice. Yeah, there's an anniversary edition of Kingmaker. Uh, applying Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s leadership lessons with athletes and entertainers. We have a hardback coming out in 2020, late spring. This will include a journal of some of the places I traveled to deliver the King message, Kingmaker message, places like Korea, places in the South, places as far away as, you know, parts on the East Coast, as well as the West Coast we traveled to uh, over the course of a year and a half, two years plus. And so we talked to various organizations. And what I did was I journaled my experience and the Kingmaker Anniversary Edition will come out in hardback, updated with those conversations, as well as the things you uh, currently have in the, in the version here we just released a few years ago. That is awesome. And of course, I will have all of that linked up below in the show notes. Make sure that you grab your copy of Kingmaker. If you can, join us at the Redondo Beach Civic Center on January 20th. And what's the date for the Power Conference? The Power Conference is March 7th, March 7th. 2020. Uh, it's at the Synergy, uh, uh, Synergy Sports Complex. Uh, it's going to be on March 20th. That's a Saturday. And it's um, uh, from about uh, 8 to 4 that day. And again, this is a... Uh, even if you're not a strength and conditioning coach, this is an organ. This is an experience that you will never forget. It's just really, it's high octane. Uh, we only have a short time with um, with people for that day, so you're getting the best of the best. And again, some of these trainers and coaches and administrators are the best at their craft. And I got a chance. I've been a part of it now for. Um, I've been a part of it now for about. Uh, this would be my fifth fifth year. And, awesome. uh, and so it's just a great, a great opportunity to be a part of, but it's going to be at the uh, Synergy uh, Sports Performance Complex there in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And we're really pumped about it. That's amazing. That sounds so exciting. All right. All of it's going to be linked below. Once again, my dear friend, Marcus Goody Goodlow, author, speaker, leader, adjunct professor pastor your, your friend my your buddy friend, your big, <laughs> and one of your biggest cheerleaders i'm so thankful to you sharon and for all you're doing to bring goodness to this world 
uh, you're a person of great light and great influence, and I'm wishing you nothing but the best for 2020. And uh, I'm thankful for not only you and what you bring to the table around these conversations of leadership, mindset, and influence, but also just for you, your story and the conversations you're having with people uh, and your work that you're bringing uh, to the world is literally making a difference. And so thank you for your legacy and for the story that continues to be written. Thank you. Always an honor and a privilege to spend time with you. Well, hey friends, what did you think of that? What a fantastic conversation. One of my favorite takeaways was the point that Goody made, don't wait to be chosen. And you know, speaking from my own life, I didn't wait to be chosen. I went after it. And that's why you're hearing me now. I just decided I was going to do this and went for it. So what are you thinking about in your life? And you're feeling like you need to wait to either get permission or be chosen. Well, you don't. So if you really, really think you need permission, I'm giving it to you right now. But hey, go get it. Go do what you need to do. You've got it in you. Don't ever doubt yourself. So I've got everything linked up for you below in the show notes. Please share this content out. And I would love it if you would leave a review on iTunes so that other people can find the show. All right, you guys have a great week. And until next time, I wish you every good thing.